So what comes to mind when you think of a sister? Come on. Two sisters back together. A best friend. An opinionated best friend. <laughs> this is Sister Sister the Podcast. A sister who always thinks she's the boss. That sister that you start a conversation saying, bitch. Guess what? You're listening to Sister Sister, the podcast with Roxy and Susie. Bueno, we are back. Bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Back at it. Sister Sister, the podcast. Here we are once again joining you. I hope you're doing fabulous. So wherever you are, wherever you are listening to us from, because the other day, sis, I realized that we are getting listenership from Canada, Europe, Egypt, all the continents, all the continents, Asia. We welcome you to our world. Exactly. So, how you doing? To our sis? hemisphere. Come estás? We're doing good. I mean, we? Who's we? <laughs> Me and all my people in my fucking my committee, in my head. No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. Susie's drinking coffee. I'm so glad you had coffee. I went to make coffee this morning, and guess what? What? Catastrophe. You were. You had no more curry cups. No. No creamer. Oh. I dumped it oh, down the drain. You Robert was like, happened. "Mom, what are you doing?" You know what? You're going to be really proud of me, sis. I actually ended up giving in and buying in a Keurig because I have the old school cafetera. Oh, you're going to love it. And I was like, you know what? The other day I got to order uh, like a shipment of coffee from a company and they sent me like a bunch of the Keurig little pod things. And I was like, what am I going to do with these? And they're bomb ass flavors. Your first thought should have been, oh, I'm going to give some to my sister. And I was like, you know what? <sighs> I am. Gonna... I have a whole feature, me and my coffee mugs. Yeah, I'm going to actually buy myself a Keurig. And so I did. I jumped on to my Amazon account. You're going to love it. And it's I, so easy. You literally make coffee in seconds. Yeah. So I'm not throwing away my old school coffee, cafetera, because I, I love making my cafecito and I love the whole house smelling like coffee. Does a curate it'll make, still Yes. It coffee makes, has super aromatic. So oh it'll still gosh. make it smell like coffee. So I'm still keeping my old school coffee pot, but I'm also going to have my Keurig like whenever I'm in a Keurig mood. So. Oh, great. Because that's what you need. More tilichero. <laughs> Exactly. My goodness. But you know what? I've been wanting to buy a Keurig for a while, but I finally did it. It's a single one, and I can't wait to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna challenge you. What? Let's do a challenge. What? Let's reform all of your kitchen cabinets. But what I mean by that is, let's get you all matching plates, all matching cups, matching coffee mugs, because. You oh, got a shit gosh. show going on there, sis. I got all kinds of shit in my cabinet. It's all mis. Doesn't that grave you crazy? Nah. <gasps> and then you have glass cupboards. Like it should look like a, a showpiece. Like when you have glass cupboards or floating shelves, they need to look beautiful and organized, like a restaurant. Oh my gosh! I want to help you live your best life. I could care less. I mean, because at the end of the day, the only time that that matters is when you have company over. And I, but most of the time I'm, I'm just, you know what I mean? Enjoying my house. So why do you need a big old cafetera? Well, I, I don't, I just happen to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Sorry. That just blew the eardrums. Yeah. It out. just blew the eardrums out. Okay. Listen, so it's time for a highlight or a rant. Go. You start my the oldest, highlight. The oldest is... goes first. Nobody asked you that detail. <laughs> Can we delete that out of the podcast? No. <laughs> Okay. Um, are you talking shit because I haven't had my Botox? Look at this. Oh my gosh! You know, shout out to Doctor Boris because I went, and you know how many syringes Doctor Boris put in my forehead? Two. I was like, oh That's my average. gosh, That's or two or three. I was like, damn, Doctor Boris, this forehead Botox ain't moving so bad in about six months. It's frozen. My Thank appointment was Lord. May twentieth. Why don't you go to Doctor Boris? He'll do it for you. Are they still operating? 
the the surgical center is okay okay well, so rent. anyways my highlight is i had finally my second appointment for my pigment on my eyebrows to be removed why are you getting your eyebrows removed because i'm over them i'm over the shape i'm over the color so i'm reversing all the work that i've been getting my eyebrows tattooed or pigmented one way or another with one service or another since I was 24. Yeah, leave it alone. Do no, you, I don't want them anymore. You're always doing something to your eyebrows. now. So you're going to be eyebrow list now? No, I'll get them done again eventually some way, somehow. But I'm getting older, so I need them to be less bold. Because I'm getting older. I'm going to be 44 in December. So I need to soften up the look. So Okay. I'm Why? Do you feel like you look too mean with your eyebrows right now or what? No, I just feel like when I'm 50 or 60... Or 70 like this is not what i want to all see you're gonna face. see is fucking eyebrows yeah <laughs> so I, i'm like no i'm over it so i had my second session done i'm getting saline removal so it's seven little needles sort of like a shading needle for a tattoo uh. and they take saline and they push it into your skin and they, to push the ink out and it hurts but it's quick and it's effective so i feel like they're at least like 20 to 30 percent lighter right now um, and so they're going to be lighter and they're going to shrink. Eventually, they're going to be like faded all the way out where I'll be able to do something else. But yeah, I'm excited because I like the, the whole sh- look, initial personally. shutdown. It wasn't she shut down, too, obviously, because she's a um, I, I don't know if she falls into the line of like esthetician or what have you. Yeah. But um, as soon as they were able to open up, she she called me back in because this is like her. She's a banker and she does this like as a, as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm excited. Oh my gosh! I I like the way they look right now. They definitely do look lighter. I'm glad you're going lighter because they were look, super scabby right now too. They were a little on the dark side. Well, when I don't have makeup on, yeah. But when I have makeup on, they don't. Well, here goes my highlight of the day of the week. I uh, filed my taxes on time. Oh, <laughs> good for you! I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's so don't funny. You usually, the other day, you know, sometimes I do pass the deadline, and uh, I always get I always get fined for that. But that's what happens when you're your own boss and you're your own. You know what I mean? When you have your own businesses, you just a lot of times you have to pay taxes to Uncle Sam because well, you're getting. Well, I always pay taxes, but I always file on time because I don't want to pay a fee on top of it. Well, bill. sometimes I have forgotten, but this time I was very thankful for the July 15th extension. Um, and me too. I was, I, I was like, can it be like that every year, bro? Like seriously, it should, it should, right? Yeah. It should. I think every year the extension should be July. April 15th. is way too early, way too early. And, um, yeah, I was able to file my taxes on time and pay what I owe and get that out of the way. So that is definitely a highlight. Hallelujah. Moment. Highlight. The other I day, I don't know why people, I was telling Mel, why, why, why are kids such a rush to grow up? Like this part of growing up really sucks <laughs> paying it's taxes so, is horrible it's so crazy the other day one of my girls reached out to me and she was like oh my god can you send me up with your tax guy i was like yeah so i hooked her up you know i don't ask her her tax situation because it's none of my business right and so i'm ha- i have her on speaker i'm at my tax guy's office and i have her on speaker and i'm just like all right you know and she's like okay what do i need to bring and you're gonna need to bring this and he's like so, you know, bring your last year's income tax. And she's like, I haven't filed taxes in five years. And I'm like, <gasps> what the fuck? And then my tax man's like, who the fuck are you recommending me? I'm like, nah, she's the one that told me she needed a tax person. Who does not file their taxes for five years? I know a lot of people, actually. Uh, so I know quite a few people that don't file their taxes regularly. So when it came down for my industry, when when we had the initial shutdown for this whole COVID stuff, um, 
independent contractors were able to get unemployment, which is something we usually don't have the benefit of getting because we don't pay into the um, unemployment tax. Yeah. All right. We don't pay into that. So they did some kind of emergency relief, the pandemic unemployment assistance, PUA. Yeah. But I know some people that were not able to even get the additional PUA money from unemployment because they haven't filed taxes since like 2012. Yeah. So apparently I'm like, what the fuck? How do you run a business like that? How do you purchase yeah. property? How do you get anything on credit if you don't? For us, our tax return as self-employed people, well, you know, our yeah. tax return is our pay stub. Yeah, correct. Like that is how we prove that we are in that we are making money. Yeah. You know, cuz even and then I have people, I know people that they don't necessarily divulge everything that they make. Um so they didn't qualify for they didn't qualify for something because they um, made underneath the brackets on paper. But in, when in reality, they don't, you know? Yeah. So their lifestyle is used to what we make, either cash money or what have you. Um, but when it got shut down and we weren't able to make money and they were depending on the unemployment, they weren't able to get their full benefits because they were not, you know, on yeah. the up and up. So. No, well, it's crazy because this person that I ended up recommending to my tax person, she runs her business. And I was like, dude. Into the ground? You haven't, <laughs> I was Just like, kidding. you haven't filed your taxes in five years, bitch? Like, what is your, like, you need to get on it because, I, and it's so funny because my, my tax man, he goes, let me tell you something. You will never get away from paying your taxes. As, mu as much as you procrastinate it, that will eventually catch up to you. And With then penalties. when it catches up to you, it's a shitload of money all at once. And I'm just like, as much as it hurts to have to pay what you owe on your taxes, like just pay it, get it out of the way because I can't imagine five years of taxes accumulating on me. Look, what a this stress. Is what I find, this is what I find funny. And I usually sit back cause it's arguing with people over like religion, political beliefs. Like it's, it's just never that. ending. It's just an argument because people believe what they believe. But when I'm like, okay, everybody's so worried about like, the government and how they track us. He can also get, and I don't want to be tracked because of COVID. But here we are, like pendejos, using this seven-digit number or how? What is it? Seven, Social security. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. A thirteen-digit number that they give us. That is your number. That is my number. Right? We kind it's of. It's a that. Social security is nine numbers. Right? Oh yeah, nine numbers. <laughs> but anyways, everybody gets a number. That's the Susie's alien. Everybody has number. to tell the government. Every year, what they make, you have to disclose all of your income. Kind of, sort of. Well, yeah. You disclose some income. You do have to disclose some Of course, of course. To the IRS, and then they rape you, and they say, okay, now, in addition to all the taxes that you pay all year, because I don't know about you, but everything I buy, I pay taxes on. Um, now you have no, to- No, I'm me. exempt, bitch, because I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> no, and then you have to pay taxes on top of that. You pay property taxes, you oh pay state God. taxes, Everything, you pay income bro. taxes, you, they, but, but we're worried about getting tracked because of COVID-19. Like, they know everything about you. Yeah, I had to pay federal taxes this year, state tax, back tax, I had all that. <laughs> and I was like, but you know what? If My thing is like, and it's so funny, I was having this conversation with our, my tax man and he was like, you know, I said, you know, one thing I could tell you is I, one characteristic about me that I love about me is I do not 
like owing people money. It's not. I, I just I don't understand how there's people that walk around knowing that they owe people money and like are OK with it. Or they're just like oblivious to like, bro, you owe somebody money. You know, I don't even like owing the government money, much less a, a human being that I well, know. I borrow money from people. Me either. But I'm just saying like. I just don't like that feeling of like I owe somebody money. It, I yeah. just feel like it's like a dark cloud that lingers. But people get killed for not, you know, yeah. like paying people back. And I'm just like, but there's people that just live their life like le deben dinero a funalito y menganito. And you're just like, how do you live with yourself knowing that you owe so many people money? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. That is not. Well, a, I'm proud is- of you for being responsible and filing your taxes on time. Me too. And paying your debt off and just being like, Whatever. I'll wait until next April. And you know what people don't know, which this I've learned because when, when I was, you know, like after divorce, you have to recover a lot. You have to do a lot of cleanup work. So usually the tax, like if you owe IRS money. Yeah. Um, so anybody that's going through a divorce and you're afraid like, oh my gosh, I owe the IRS money. How am I going to pay this? Do not charge it. Make a don't charge plan. what? Don't put it on a credit card. Oh, okay. Make a payment plan with Why? the IRS because it's only a three percent interest that they charge you. I've done versus, payment plans with the IRS. Yeah, so it may take a little longer, or you may feel like relieved that you put it on a credit card and you don't owe the IRS any money. But as long as you're making your payments to the IRS, they won't they won't fuck with you. Mm-hmm. They will leave you alone. You make your money automatic Correct. debit. Pay it. It's only a three percent interest. Versus if you charge it on a credit card, yes, you don't owe the IRS that money anymore, but you're paying 20-something percent usually because credit card interest rates are super-duper high unless you have a 0% interest credit card, right? But then Or like a credit union card. Credit yeah. unions are always good. You know what else you could do on payment plans? Tickets. I remember I got a ticket. That really? Was, yeah. I remember I got a ticket How that was over $1,000. It was my what third were you doing? texting and driving ticket, bitch. Yeah. The third one. The first more, of all, shame on you. First You're of kill all, yourself for the somebody else. Fucking CHP caught me. <laughs> oh, oh, damn that CHP! <laughs> first of all, I was like, fucking, I can't believe it. He caught me. You know, I, I was. Why being, were you texting and driving? Because again, I, I was on Snapchat and I was like, fuck it. Oh, like, that's that's important. Could, right? Couldn't talk my way out of it. He bought. He caught me, and he, you know. It's sometimes when you admit the crime, they're like, "Oh, you know, we'll have a great date." Motherfucker did not care. <laughs> I was like, "Well." So Good, I don't know if you can hurt yourself or I, somebody else. I don't know if you know this, but the more texting and driving tickets you get, the more expensive they get. So this was my third one. I don't because I don't text and drive. You and never have gotten my do not disturb message when I'm driving. Yeah. How do I activate that shit on my phone? I'm going to teach you, please. Because <laughs> anyway, so it was like a thousand two hundred dollars. I couldn't believe it. I was like, fucking L.A. County is raping us. Why did you have to put a thousand two hundred bills? So I was on like, you know what? Plan? Why don't you just pay that shit? Because I didn't want to. Okay. I was just one of those things where I was like, you know what? Middle finger. Screw the CHP that Middle caught me. Middle finger to the establishment. I'm taking, I'm doing a payment plan, right? <laughs> so I get a payment plan and it took me, like, I paid it off within a year and I was paying like, like $150. Uh, don't spit that out so, because your laptop's right in oh front of you. Oh my gosh, I almost spit my coffee. I couldn't get it to go down. <laughs> Raquel, you showed them. I showed them who the <laughs> boss was, sis. No, I can't. Stop. I was like, oh you're, my God. I was. Your thought process kills me. You know what? You it know, was? you still ended up paying them, right? I ended up paying them, but I was pissed that I got caught. So that was my way of rebelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get on the payment plan, sir. You're not getting my money right away. Oh, 
my gosh, I can't. Oh my god. I literally almost spit my coffee out with that one. Okay, okay, listen. We gotta talk about this. I we got actually a couple of DMs on the sis, on Sister Sister the podcast telling us we need La Susie and Roxy's opinion on the Jada and Will entanglement admission that Jada Pinkett Smith admitted that she actually did have a relationship with August Alsina. And I, well, you know, everybody's talking about it. So I'm like, we got to give our two cents on this because first of all, I think it's pretty fucking whack that they felt the pressure enough to even have to talk about their relationship. It's even though we're celebrities, my relationship is private. And I don't, if I don't want to tell you a fucking thing about my relationship, I won't. I don't owe you a goddamn explanation. I was actually, I thought they were a little bit of a sellout because they went out there and they, they, first of all, nobody even knew that they were broken up. When, and and I, they they got pressured into talking about it. I suckers. was I was really me too. I was like I was really like, why do you guys feel the need to go clarify this shit on the red table? Is somebody coming out with a new movie? Is red table ratings hurting? Is somebody coming out with a new album? August Alsina is coming out with a new album, and actually somebody so I forgot who. Recom- another artist recommended Jamie Foxx, I think, or somebody was like, I, I have an idea, August. You should name the ne- your next album Entanglement. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. But, but see, maybe it's all made up and fabricated to because this is not far-fetched. We know for a fact that celebrities do this. When something is about to drop, there's a scandal. There's that's why whenever I hear anything about the Kardashians, I'm like, listen, is it is there a new season dropping a makeup line, a collaboration with Nike or Adidas? Because that's how you get your mouth, your name in people's mouths. Yeah. No, listen. So so I I don't know if you saw I don't know if you saw um, the did you see that it was like a like a 11 minute table talk I interview where i saw a portion of it where will interview jada yes. did you watch what did you watch what did i you watched see? up until when she admitted that it was an entanglement and then he said okay entanglement what what is that and she said okay okay it was a relationship so yeah but my thing was you already knew this will smith like you didn't have to come because the they said they happened it happened like several years ago yeah and i'm sure privately they already had the conversation so yeah. as as Will Smith's wife, I would be like, you and I, we can handle this privately, but I'll be goddamned if you're going to interview me and, and grill me because I'm certain that you have been unfaithful, too, because there's been rumors of, of Mills, Will Smith um, dating that little girl, Liza Kashi. She started off on Vine. She's actually okay. a really funny girl. Is she cute? Um, She's cute, but she's 24 years his minor or something like that. But anyhow, there was many rumors of him being with her or that um, Margot, I can't remember her name, but she's a blonde lady. So, like, you're not going to do this to me. You're not going to sit here and, like, grill me. So that's what, to me, it's suspect. Yeah, well, they have something dropping soon because she was a willing participant. For me, I was just at first I was disappointed because I said, come on, Will and Jada, you guys don't have to clarify shit. First of all, right. They gave into the pressure. I feel like Jada felt. Why do you more, think they gave into the pressure? They, I feel I feel Jada gave into the pressure because she she is the host of, of the Red Table Talk and they're known for real talk on there. Like, I think, for example, if Wait you and I, I ask you for chapstick. Yeah, I'll give it to you in a little bit. If okay. you and I 
were to get caught up in something, right? I would I would think that people you would, would have to address expect it here. us to address it on the podcast versus just like skipping over it because it's our platform. It we say what the fuck we want, how we say it, like kind of like table talk. But if it came when it comes and, to and, the integrity of my marriage, even if you brought it up here, I would say you know what, sis. Respectfully, I'm not going to discuss my marriage True. in that depth on this platform yeah. until I want to and if I feel necessary. But honestly, I, in a marriage, the more people you let in, yeah. the more dangerous it is for your marriage. Yeah. And I and would they not, let in the whole motherfucking I, world. Yeah, and now there's like memes about them. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. Because Will loves her, obviously. And vice versa. Even if maybe they're not in love with each other anymore, let's just say. They just love each other like as friends, as as partners in raising their children, right? They're still a family. Yeah. Um, it's got to be hurtful to him at some point to see them tease her or make fun of her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or then to start or to her to start digging up all this dirt on her husband and the women that maybe he's been with. And then what does that do to your kids? I would not have done what they did. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Well, I'll tell you one thing. And watching the entire thing, because I watched the entire thing, Will looked uncomfortable. He looked a little angry. He looked, he looked, and I actually was reading an article of um of, of a body language expert was making a bold claim about Will Smith and that one of the things they were saying is he looked super uncomfortable. At one point, I looked at he was going to cry. Yeah. It, he definitely did not look relaxed during this interview. She did. Jada did. Jada Jada looked like, like, you know, he looked uncomfortable. Jada looked very comfortable talking about like they they, they've been they've talked about this before. They had to talk about this before it aired. Well, clearly they agreed to do this table talk together. Everything on television, you guys, is pre-production. Everything is pre-planned. They they do not. The only thing that you would think that like on social media, the only thing that is live is when you see like an Instagram live. But when it's pre-recorded. There's production that goes into right. this. There's like discussion, like we're gonna touch on this, we're not gonna touch on this, we're not, we're gonna go there. But the fact that Will Smith looked uncomfortable, he looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I, in in observing this entire conversation, it was like, okay, they made a lot of valid points about relationships going through those phases where you just can't stand your person. Sometimes you're like, you want to break it off, but then you don't because you have a family or you really do feel like that person is worth fighting for. But and ultimately, everyone's going to look at them as Will and Jada, like th- this is the example couple, right? Like they just made everything so relatable. Like I think a lot of marriages are looking at their marriage like, Psh, oh, my God, I feel them. I did. Right. I did agree with or I did feel the part where where um, Jada said that she was very broken. Right. She was hurting and she was out there trying to. Make herself feel that. better. And then she realized that that doesn't come from the outside. It's an internal thing. And then when they both said or they both agreed, I don't know who initially said it, but they both agreed that they were trying to, they were done with each other, according to them, right? Yeah. And they were trying to do well, life they were co- without each other. Will- and then they realized like they don't want to or like life without each other just doesn't work. And then and no, but Will was calling the reconciliation a miracle. He says marriage ain't for the weak at heart. There's just certain things that you have to go through. I wish it could be all magic and miracles, Will said. He said there's a real power in just knowing somebody's writing with you no matter what. And you really can't know that until you go through some shit, Mm -hmm. which is true, Mm -hmm. right? In marriages and in long-term relationships. But, you know, despite the candid conversation that they were having, 
will like what I what I disagree with about this interview is that the world looks at Will and Jada as examples, right? They've been together, they've gone through the good, the bad, the highs, the lows, they're still together. But ultimately, words have power. And I don't know if you saw that part in the interview where they said, um, you know how they kind of like bad boy for life? Like Oh yeah. So they said they said bad, bad marriage, marriage for, for life. life. And I'm like Yeah, I thought that was I, stupid. That's not admirable to me. Yeah. Because if you really think about and I am gonna talk about God, because at the end of the day, marriage is a covenant from God. Right? If you, like what I, if you get married in a satanic church. Well, I don't oh, shit. Well, that's their God. You listen, I've never heard of people getting married in a satanic church. Why wouldn't they? But I that's don't know. They're God. I, I don't mean, know if that's no Will and Jada's God. I don't. Oh no, no, I'm not saying that's Will and Jada's God. Oh. I'm saying, what about people that get married in the Satanic Church? It's not a covenant from God, God, but the Satan would be their God, right? Yeah, but okay. I, anyways, carry on. Yeah, no. So my thing is like, if I look at marriage from like a covenant, like a, a place of like that's a covenant from God, right? Um, that that bad marriage for life affirmation. It's like you just spoke death into your relationship. Bad marriage for life. Like, what the fuck? Like, and other relationships are going to look at that and be like, yeah, like that was so cool. Like bad marriage for life. Like that's not God's best for you. No, like that's God, toxic. God's best for you is. Is not that, you know, but then what I look at is like pop culture is so fucked up in, on so many levels that people are going to look at Will and Jada as like this grand example, which everybody thought they were until now that they know that they were all, almost they weren't together. Like nobody had to know that about them. Nobody like did. I'm so big on privacy when it comes to certain things that I'm like, nobody would have known became, that if you wouldn't have said that. But even if it became public knowledge, they could have respectfully declined to comment on that because your marriage, as far as I'm concerned, should be so protected so secretly you know what i'm saying like yeah you should fight now that wasn't god's but, best to me if you ask me but if you think about this this happened a while ago so they've been working through this for a minute so i think that this was maybe their intention of well no i don't think it was their intention of helping other couples i think they were feeling the heat and they came and they spoke on it but had they used their platform differently and said, you know, maybe we're going to write a book or something about how this helped to reinforce their marriage, you know, like the pitfalls where he failed, where she felt like really it's went, definitely relatable, but really went more into depth of their downfalls. What caused them to get to that point and how they crawled out of it and really worked and fought to, to rebuild themselves as a couple. Um, that would have been more useful and more and a better use of their platform. Yeah. Versus coming here and just sort of like grilling her, him still looking a little salty and on edge about the whole thing and then ending it with that bad marriage for life. Because like you said, that is I'm sorry. A, such a stupid fucking proclamation stupid. over your marriage. I'm like, you know how words have power? Like I always talk and I'm just like, you just said that about your marriage. Like, I don't admire that. But you know, maybe. And, but people are going to look at that, Susie, and think that's fucking cool. They're going to well, be like, people, oh my God, bad marriage for life, babe. Like, fuck that. No. I, I would never speak death into my marriage like that. No. I mean, but at the Ugh. end of the day, they're humans. And we, as humans, we tend to idolize other people for what? Like, they're human made of flesh and bones just yeah. like us. 
they make mistakes, they get hurt, they get angry, they, they go through depression, just like everybody else, just because they are polished and look well to put together and they look good as a couple and maybe they have a lot of money. We tend to think like, oop, they're perfect. They got yeah. it all together. You yeah. Know what I mean? But they're not. So, I mean, bad marriage for life. Maybe that's the agreement that they have together. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they just have decided like happy or not. We're just going to stay together because it's easier to stay together, it's cheaper to keep her. Whatever. And how many you marriages are living that kind of quality of love? So yeah, he, but I no, think that's more, fucking whack. I, that, but that's what that's I'm saying. That's not quality. You know, when I see that and I'm like, so many people are influenced by the Smiths that I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. That is not God's best for what, that's not God's best for your life. It's no. not. And and for you to, for so many people to be influenced by them, to, to think that that is cool well, that's is what just we come like, in to counter influence nah, I'm sorry. Well, listen, there's a body language expert, Judy James, um, she what was saying that that Will Smith's well, they study body language. So she's a body language expert. She was saying Will Smith seemed uncomfortable as he and his wife Jada Pinkett Smith discussed their temporary separation in the latest episode of her Facebook watch show Red Table Talk. She said um, Will appeared less at ease during the chat than his word wordy wife Jada, making the entire segment difficult to watch. She said overall, there seems to be a plan to give Will some control by putting him in the Jada seat and pose listening to what appears to be his wife's confessional of her thoughts and feelings. Um, so she, she was saying that Will performed deep nods as she begins and his listening style is solemn and calm. And it was, mm-hmm. it, it was. She also said that um, Will could be seen repeatedly rubbing his legs for comfort his tendency to crack jokes also emphasizes his underlying discomfort because he was because, you know, Will Smith is a little cl- he's a, like clown. Mm-hmm. You think of like the Fresh Prince when you think of Will Smith. Right. Um, but to say that he looked uneasy is definitely not an understatement. He no. looked. Uncomfortable. Well, it is an uncomfortable situation and you're doing it. I mean, the conversation was between him and her and a film crew. Exactly. So that's number one. That's embarrassing. And your and kids are two, old enough to understand right. what's going on. But you you know, on the back of his head, he's got to think when some of those answers came out of her mouth. Like, how embarrassing, like, bro. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people are going to see this. You know what I mean? Like, that is that is such unnecessary stress and strain in a marriage that I, me personally, for one, as a married woman, would have not done that. Me either. I would not I have exposed my marriage further I, to... to people's influence ideas opinions i wouldn't have especially yeah. if i'm trying to save my marriage no wouldn't yeah I, I i'm not married but i definitely wouldn't have done that you know and but i don't know if you saw this at one point will even joked about needing to get jada back for her affair he was talking about getting even i didn't see that yeah um w- with jada replying that will already has gotten her back and then later later the two uh fist bumped and joked bad marriage for life but he let me tell you um when he was talking about like wanting to get even with Jada, he did not seem like he was joking. And I like I was happening to be watching. These motherfuckers need to go to therapy instead of sitting there making a mockery of themselves in their marriage. I was watching this interview with somebody and we were both like, oh, this is a setup. Watch like soon Will's going to come out that he's having an affair with like it's either a setup or or I don't know what it is. But he seemed very like. Oh, it's it's about to be on. Well, like I said, and it I is like, rumored that he was carrying on with that little girl, Liza Kashi. Um, and I haven't seen him work with her lately, so I don't know exactly the time frame with um, Alcina and Jada. 
um, if it correlates with the time with um, rumors between Will and Liza. But regardless, I know and I know there are marriages like I'm not mocking their or or downplaying their hardship. There are plenty of marriages that live through infidelity and come out on the other side of it and they're happier and stronger, and stronger than they were before, you know, because they were able to overcome that hurdle. But it's not anybody else's business. It's you know not. What I mean? and, and it shouldn't be. Now that word entanglement, even Mel said something about an entanglement the other day. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my gosh. The other day, I don't know if you follow um, Charlemagne the God on uh, on on uh, Instagram. He is hilarious. He's a radio. He is funny. He's a radio personality on um, the Breakfast Club. Right? On the Breakfast Club. Yeah. And he um, he posted something that had me cracking up. He put he posted entanglement is rich people stuff, y'all. No, he said, oh, I saw that. I did put, see his entanglement post. is rich people stuff. Y'all in embarrassment ships, <laughs> insufficient fun ships, homelessness mints. Don't got custody of your kids. Mint. Please use the words appropriate. <laughs> please, please use the appropriate words. But I was dying because everybody was like, what the fuck is an entanglement, bro? Like you had a relationship, right? And, th- and I think even Will was like, a what? And she's like, yeah, I had a relationship with August. Like, and they used, they call him Og. Yeah. Like, it seemed like he was a friend of the family. Yeah. Well, he's so much younger than her. And, but he seems pretty bitter about it, too. August Alsina, like, he seems... I haven't really followed up or seen, like, his... Honestly, in the big picture of all of it, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> I don't care what Will and Jada do. I don't care how August Alsina feels about it. I don't, because... It doesn't affect my life. I'd rather have real conversations with real people than conversations with entitled people that think that they could just go out and do this kind of shit and nobody's going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, like I, I like having real. That's why when people ask me to like, oh, do you do you ever consider like doing celebrity terms? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't like entitlement. I don't like entitled people. I'd rather work with real people and have real conversations. Yeah. Than people like that. So I, I don't I don't really know. I heard that he went off on Twitter in re- in response almost to like the Jada um, and Will, like more like Jada's comments. Yeah. But um, I didn't, I don't know what he said. I don't know. He probably could have said a lot more, but he didn't because he knows better. But I don't know. A lot of people were Is just Is he kinda... salty because he's being now like painted as a side piece? Who knows? I, I have no idea. But I mean, he's the one that stopped calling Jada. He like stopped responding to her text messages out of the blue. I'm just saying, you know, Jada got some good D. She says she had she hadn't felt good in a long time, you know, and I, I respected her honesty. I'm like, damn, you've been married to Will for a minute. She said I hadn't felt good in a long time and I needed it. I was looking to be made felt good. And August gave her that for a while. So and this is always it boils down to communication. Now, I'm not between I'm not home with Will and Jada. And I don't know if Jada vo- verbalized that to her husband, but you should. Yeah. Look, I'm not happy right now. I don't feel good right now. Like, I don't, I feel disconnected from you. I, like, we're not really connecting in the bedroom. Like, whatever it is you're feeling, find, like, you should be able to find a way to say it. And tone has everything to do with it, you know? Yeah. You can't just roll up on your husband and be like, listen, I haven't had an orgasm in six months because your dick sucks. Because then he's probably not going to hear you. Yeah. But if you really ain't going to get erect. Yeah. But if you find a way to maybe say like, hey, you know what? Like, that doesn't work for me anymore. Like when we were kids, when we were younger, like I really like that. 
But I'm thinking, what if we try this? You know, like he would probably be more likely to respond to that, you know, or we haven't really sat down and had a real conversation in a long time. We haven't gone on vacation just by ourselves. Like we don't really spend a lot of time together and I miss you. Yeah. Like there's power in those words instead of coming down really strong and really naggy. I wouldn't, I, me with my masculine energy, I would be like, Psh, Shut, Shut up. the fuck up. Yeah, yeah I'm not exactly. like you're going to come at me whiny. Then I'm just going to disconnect. Hence, this is why you should marry your best friend. Right. Yes. Because but you don't like, think they were friends. Well, how yeah. long have they been married? Twenty five years. That's a long, That's a long time. ass time. And human nature. We tend to take for granted the people that are closest to us because we feel like they're always going to be there. Yeah. We can't let that happen. Like it should be our I was reading something the other day. I uh, want to forever date my husband when I when yes, I get married. I want to so forever important. like date you and feel butterflies with you. And I'm going to I'm going to manifest that. I know that because that's the only thing that'll keep me focused is that feeling of like, I want to date you. And, and, and knowing that the man that I married, like I want to verbalize that, like I want to always date you. Like, do you want that in a relationship? Because but if you don't a conscious effort, it's, it's going to be a conscious effort on both it has parts to be because imagine this. And you like try to try to imagine this. You're you get married. It, okay, I'm closing you're my just eyes. being you've been used to being yourself for all these years. Yes. Then you meet this dope person and you guys have a lot of fun together. And then it's just you and him still no no children. Right. So you guys can come and go as you want. Everything is still super fun. And then boom, you get pregnant. Your pregnancy is complicated. Oh, God, so, I don't want well, that. Well, let's just imagine this. Like, you're having twins, so you're <gasps> you're tired more I'm than you're usually I get super tired. Fat. There's more. It's not about being fat. Let's just say you're tired. You have brain pregnancy. My brain, legs are like swollen. You forget. Like, My your feet, feet are, swollen. are swollen. You just don't want to do those fun steps. Okay, fine. That's fine. She's pregnant. Like, he's going to cater you. And, and then, boom, you're pregnant. You have two babies. And all of a sudden, literally from one day to the next, because Your attention shifts. You have now two babies. And then you have to pay attention to the babies, feed the babies. If you're nursing, um, maybe your house gets a little messy. So there, there will be obstacles in your relationship that are new, that you've never dealt with before. It's a matter of how you, like how you, not attack, but how you handle those, how you handle. those situations. You know, um, sometimes I... I was talking to this guy the other day at the shop and he was saying that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Oh, did I already tell you the story? What? Or I don't know. I told you the story. Anyhow, I think I mentioned it before, but um, they, they were married and um, they they broke up because he was feeling um, not paid attention to, mm. you know, and that's that's sort of like Jada. Yeah. You know? So they, they the, like cheating started happening oh, like Jada snap <clears throat> because you were not being paid attention to. So that's usually what happens. You're not paying attention to something. So that's partner... so fixable. Yeah. But if you talk about it, it's fixable. Some people it's like I but feel like a lot of times conscience as women, as men, as as partners, we have to make conscious effort. Right. So back to my my scenario. So now let's say this is your routine for two, three months. Right. Just about the babies sleeping when you can because the babies have kept you up. Um, not really tending to yourself. Maybe your hair's in a bun a lot because you're just trying to adjust to this. Yeah. And instead of ever thinking, sounds like my future, bitch. Right. But it's, and, and then sometimes <laughs> like I think, or maybe because I'm older and maybe because I've made mistakes and the way that I've handled things, like I think I would like look over sometimes and be like, hey, 
how are you? Like, what's going on with you? Are you okay? I know all my energy has been with the babies lately, but like, how are you? Like, let's talk. Let's, I don't know, the babies are asleep. Let's sit in the bathtub and have a glass of wine real quick. Like, those little details make a difference or vice versa, you know, like the husband to the wife. Man, girl, like, I've seen you so busy. You haven't had no time for yourself. Come over here and sit down. Let me massage your shoulders. Let me rub your feet. Little fucking details that we tend not to do because we think like, well, he's man. He's capable. I have to take care of my two babies. He could take care of himself. And guess what? Yeah, there's some trick out there that's going to see his vulnerability and pick up on that yep. and take care of your man for you or yeah. vice versa. Like, well, that's mom. That's what moms do. She's a woman. I can't breastfeed. She has to be the one to breastfeed. But what else can you do to help her? You know, to relieve that load so that she feels appreciated, valued, and loved because yeah. she just gave birth to two of your children. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, we need to be more vigilant and more um, protective of our marriages so that shit like this stops happening. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I feel like God's best is everything you just talked about versus, like, bad marriage for life. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I no, don't I, ever say I'm that. Not, okay? I'm not down with that. I don't think that is cool. I just because Will and Jada said it, like I disagree with that 100. percent Dear like, Will and Jada, that was very stupid. Very stupid. Love, sister, sister podcast. <laughs> okay, listen. Coming back, uh, we got to talk about this. Uh, more men, okay, more men are stepping up to the plate. Speaking of men, during this whole coronavirus pandemic situation Did more you take men a poll or something according to according to what i found out um, according to men oh <laughs> <laughs> according to men more men are stepping up to the plate and we're gonna get into what exactly that means right after this you're listening to sister sister the podcast with roxy and Susie. okay so according to uh this survey by morning console it's showing that 45 percent of men sis think they're picking up most of the homeschool duties now that kids are stuck at home and only three percent of women agree with the self-assessment <laughs> Can you believe that shit? So, uh, you know, you would think that men would automatically just kind of kick in, right? Like, like, listen, they're at home. They're spending more quality time with their wife, their kids. They're kind of seeing like, wow, like my woman does a lot. That's right? probably why they feel they're doing more. Because maybe they're doing more than they were. Than they normally not, do. They're not tell they're not commuting to work since most people are telecommuting. They're working from home. Yeah. So maybe they feel like they're the man because they're actually home on time to help do homework or prep lunch or what have you, like the things that they don't usually do. Where yeah. The women are probably like, really? Like, yeah, you <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah. So this whole coronavirus, it means, you know, it, it's meant a huge increase in necessary housework and childcare. And, uh, you know, honestly, for the sake of your relationship, I think that it, it's important that you would come up with the system at home to say, listen, like this is a lot because on top of what you already do, um, your kids most of the time were gone in school. But now, like you, you're everybody's you're, been home. Everybody's been home. You're a full time employee. You're a full time wife. You're a full time mom. You're a full time. Probably, you know, like you probably feel like you have a daycare at home. You know yeah, what I mean? Depending on the age of the children and how many. But hey, get the kids involved, too. Yeah, so I was going to I was going to tell you, you know, like the the household labor gap 
it usually presents itself as early as our teenage years. And this is the truth because, you know, young boys are a lot more leisure time with as young girls were tasked with more housework. And that I mean, that was not the case in our house growing up, but we had chores. But so did Joe. But so did my brother. We all had chores. We all had chores. Nobody. But do you remember what our chores were? Every Mine Friday was always cleaning the bathrooms. Mine was always cleaning the furniture and Joe's was vacuuming. Yes. But if anybody was going to do yard work, it was going to be Joe with my dad. Yeah. I never had to do yard work. Well, I actually would get out there with my dad. You know, I was a tomboy growing up. I would always get, I'll get out there once in a while and like but mow the lawn with my dad because I wanted to, but not because you had to. Yeah. You know, so I do see that disparity there where Isn't that's sad though. Like how it's true, you know, like not in our household. Thank God. Right. That's, we all learned how to wash. Yep. We all learned how to iron. We all after fucking up a couple of loads. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was also my chore. I had to do everybody's laundry. Remember my dad built the laundry room in the garage. Yep. And everybody would take their hampers out there and dump them there. My dad made it a whole situation production. He yeah. even built a, a laundry room. Mm-hmm. So I would have to do everybody's laundry. And then I, I don't remember if we would take turns folding it or if my mom would fold it. But like to put the laundry in the washer and stuff, we all had to learn to do that. We all learned how to iron. We all knew how to cook for the most part because Joe's a good cook, too. It wasn't never a sexist. Yeah, he is. Yeah. My dad believed that all of us needed to be capable of that. And my mom had a more Americanized mentality, right? Because she was raised here. Yeah. So she never we didn't really see that machismo in the house we didn't yeah but obviously and it is true um little girls are taught to be domestic where boys are more free to to not or even like curfews i remember you had a that was a big deal joe had a i mean uh, you had a curfew i did i have a curfew not really because by the time i was growing up you were in charge of me i was your mother yeah my curfew sometimes was like you remember that i remember Susie would be like oh my gosh Susie would be like bitch just as long as you come home (laughs) (gasps) do you remember that one time that my dad was already dating somebody so he was like i was living in west covina remember yeah and um Oh, that was a hell of a weekend. So I forgot my dad was, he asked me if he could spend the night at my apartment. Yep. And I was like, yeah. Because that's where he like, would crash. You know, he, was, whole, he was dating like three, yes. four different women at that time. I was like, I'll Play leave you. Up. I'll leave you my key under my mat. So just make yourself at home. Well, I forgot. And we went out and you went with me because you were my responsibility. Yeah. So it was like six o'clock in the morning. Remember? Yep. And I'm just like walking in and I'm like, Oh shit! And I closed the apartment door, and I was like, "You were like what? Because you were drunk, remember?" No. And you and I like, was like, what? "And I was like, sixteen. My, <laughs> my dad's in the living room asleep. It's six o'clock in so the we, morning." So we, I crawled in. We both remember? crawled in. We both crawled in. We came in, closed the door, and crawled across the <laughs> living room down the hall to my room. And like half an hour later, my dad's like, "Despertense, vamos a desayunar." And I was like, "Oh my god." Okay. And I was at breakfast all cruda. Well, we went to go eat Thai food, actually. Remember? And I was she trying wanted to... to go eat Thai food in Hollywood today. Yep. So we went to go eat and you were hung over and you kept on excusing yourself to the bathroom to go throw up. And then, <laughs> remember my dad, <laughs> so like the third or fourth time we did that, my dad was like, que piensa, que piensan que soy pendejo. I was like, no, por qué? Por qué he knew that eso? I was cruda. He He's knew like, it. Yo, ustedes no piensan que yo sé que está en esta bola. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, daddy. 
Oh my gosh. I was, I don't remember what he said. He didn't say, did he say anything to me? My dad was always so understanding, man. Like at some, I, I can't relate to like those girls that have like those super overprotective, um, you know, dads. Yeah. I don't my, remember him reacting negatively. No, because I think because he knew that I was with you and ultimately we, I was fine. I was alive. You know what I mean? But um, you know, good back, times, good yeah, times, good times for sure. But back to this, um, how men are contributing a little bit more to the home. Um, it's so crazy because like at the end of the day, the first step is admitting that there's a problem on like, why does a woman I, have I to be like more in an AA meeting? No, it's admitting there's a problem. Like why, why do, why does a woman have to be more domestic? Like, listen, you got to contribute to the home. Just like I contribute to the home. You know what I, I mean? Like how cultural is thing. that? That is so sexy. It is. I wonder if it's a cultural thing because I'm going to tell you in my home, Mel does a lot of the chores. And it's not because and there's nothing wrong. With I that. don't like it's not because I don't know how. First of all, I don't like to. I don't like to clean. I hire somebody to come and clean. Me but too. In the, in the middle did you of tell her them visits, that before you guys got yes, married? I did. In the middle of it's our important visits, to disclose that kind of information. Yeah. Oh, uh, trust me. He had to know everything because I wasn't going to go through uh, two divorces. So yeah. if, if anything about me, he didn't like he had every opportunity to tell me. And walk away if he needed to, you know? How did you tell him that? I don't like to clean? Yeah, I said, hey, look, I don't I don't love to clean. I'm a good cleaner. When I do clean, like, spick and span spotless. Because that's how my mom taught us. Yep. But I hate to do it. I'd rather spend my time making memories, having fun, right? Because I work, too. I'm not a stay-at-home wife. So when I get home, the last thing I want to do is clean my house. And listen, there's nothing. I remember one time I shared on my Snapchat that you know like how speak and span my cleaning lady had left my home and people are like oh my god like they shamed you you're 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 they they were people were calling me webona that i'm lazy for not hey. for for hiring a cleaning lady and i'm like okay i whatever call smart i call that <laughs> smart too but i also thought to myself like first of all if you could afford a cleaning lady go for it and second I'm helping my people out because my cleaning lady We're is employing Latina. somebody. Where I'm empl I'm employing my gardener, I'm employing my cleaning lady, but like to me that was like a hater comment and but I was like I kind of marinated like damn, I guess I could see why some people no, would look at that not as at me all. being lazy, but I'm like at the end of the day, listen, I'd rather break someone off with whatever their fee is if I don't got to do that because I'd rather be out rolling in my Jeep at my mom's house with you hanging out with my exactly. nieces and my nephews. All day, but ultimately, you are employing somebody. You can't look People at that in a so down way. Egotistical, and I. But yeah, I got like called you. with Oh yeah, I got called I lazy. Wish somebody would. <laughs> um, in between our visit, oh, imagine what they're gonna call me because of what I'm about to say. So, Ay, Dios mio. um, Rosie comes to our house every other week, right? And she does everything. She'll eat. If I buy new plants and dirt, she'll repot them. She'll cook me frijoles and ensalada de nopal because Mel loves it, and I don't make ensalada de nopal the best. Um, anything I need her to do in addition to extra to what she already does, she'll do it. And then in between visits, so Robert's chore every day is to clean the kitchen after dinner. So I don't clean the kitchen after dinner. Robert does. Um, Robert clean, keeps our floors clean because that's his chore. Like he will clean our floors in between Rossi's visits. Yeah. Um, obviously he's responsible for his own room and him and, or my mother-in-law, they clean, they keep their bathroom clean. Um, Mel cleans our bathroom in between visits for Rossi, and then I will keep our bedroom clean. So as you can see, like Susie's my bed minimal, is always done. Yeah, my minimal, my chores at home are minimal mm -hmm. because they do them 
and then I pay Rosie to do all the big stuff that I don't want to do. Yeah. So, um, and I don't feel guilty about that and I don't feel bad about that because you're right. We are employing other people, right? We're helping them out to support their family. Yeah. And I work a lot. I work a lot and I don't want to spend Sunday and Monday that I'm off at home cleaning. Fuck that. I want to go enjoy myself. I want to relax. Even if I don't go anywhere, if I want to stay in bed all day and watch Netflix, I want you to be able to do that. I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm not a good wife and I'm not a good mom if I'm not out here cleaning. I don't have shit to prove. Exactly. I don't have shit to prove to myself, to my husband, to my kids. No, I am a good wife. And I'm a provider at home too. And I have a lady that comes and clean my house. Punto. Like, if that doesn't work for you, then don't do that, girl. Yeah. If you like to spend your days cleaning and bitching at your kids because this house is so dirty, I mean, that sounds like such a joy, but I don't want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't believe I because it's so funny. I didn't, I didn't even look at it as like me being lazy. I figured it's like, man, I was just like showing like, damn, my cleaning lady gets down on my stove. Yeah. Like my stove is like, oh, Brand my God, new. like spotless. Oh, and Mel does all of our laundry. Oh, my God. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's a fight. He find loves you a man that could that could wash your clothes. That's what I see. Like, you guys, what's wrong with that? Fine. If there's something that you don't love to do, like I think a good partner is somebody that compliments. Yep. Imagine if I don't mind doing laundry, but Mel loves to do laundry. He loves to wash it. And that, he that Mel's the first person that I've met that loves to do laundry. Yeah. I, I wonder how many like women this. listening to our podcast love to do laundry. That has to be one of the poll poll this week. Like, do you really love to do laundry? Well, like my comadre Patty, we were just talking recently and she was cooking and she always talks about how much she hates to cook. And I was like, ah, she made this um, tilapia ceviche was so, so good. And I was like, come on. You say you hate to cook, that you don't know how to cook. And she was like, I never said I didn't know how to cook. I said I hate to cook because oh, I don't love it. Well, it's like my mom. My mom hates shopping. Yeah. I don't think she doesn't know how to shop. She just hates, hates it. it. I remember growing up, she was like, yeah, in the store for what she needed. I out. did not. I like shopping with my dad because my oh dad my. goes up and down every aisle. I'm like, more yes. like up and down every aisle. But my mom was like, that's it. Like she literally wouldn't waste time. It was like oh. in to get what we need and out. Yeah. So um, with Patty, I, she said, I don't love, I don't, it's not that I don't know how to cook. I don't love to do it. Mm. She said, I love to wash dishes. I love to clean. Like for me, that's an outlet. So for her, I would say if she's going to find an ideal partner, find somebody that loves to cook. Yeah. Then you clean and he cooks. It's a team. Yeah. But imagine me. I don't love to clean. Imagine if I found a man that didn't love to clean. Our no, house would be a fucking pigsty, first of all. We wouldn't compliment each other, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, So it's super important. Disclose all of your what you would consider flaws. Because there would, I think, I imagine, there would be some women that would be embarrassed to say, I don't love to clean. Oh, my God. Don't be embarrassed. No, don't. I, I, I definitely disclose that information. One thing about me, I'd rather cook all day. Me too. And and you could clean. Like, mm -hmm. I, I've been in relationships where it's like, baby, I got the dishes. Okay. But I, there's actually women that are like, oh, I got it. I got it. Like they'll cook, they'll clean, and it's just like they always want to get it because, because that's what they conditioned. That's what that, they think that makes a good woman. Yes, and they've seen <laughs> their mom like, no, yo limpio, yo cocino, yo le limpio el culo, yo hago todo, and you're just like. Mm -mm. So when a man offers, like I always say this to ladies, like, look, I'm real big on a gentleman. Like, I love having my own back, but when a man offers help, say yes. 
can you know at the grocery store can i help you with that can i help you know like if i go to whole uh home goods and i buy like a lamp or a mirror can we help you to the car absolutely mm-hmm. like I all the help say no i never say no to help are you uh, the other day i was coming out of costco and this little young um cart pusher I mean, there was a million people around. I think he was trying to be a little flirty, but whatever. He that ass. He saw he that ass. He crossed the line. And he was like, and, it, but, and my cart was really, really full. And he was said, um, can I help you load that into your car? And I was literally already at my car. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. And he was talking to me the whole time, helping me unload it. You can't tip them because I've tried before, but they, they can't accept a tip. But I um, would. I if thought, I was a cart pusher and somebody pushed me, tipped me, I'd be like, "Thank you." Yeah. No, but he, they won't Break, accept it. Uh, cart pushers. But I thought, how rules. many women would be like, "No, no, that's okay." A you lot. Know? Um, but back to what you were saying about loving a gentleman. I was just talking to a client uh, last week, and she was telling me that she knows somebody who has a, a guy that's after her, and and or he was after her, like trying to pursue, pursue her. her. And that she didn't want to be with him because of the little gentlemanish things that he would do. So, for oh example, my he would God, walk every time they were walking on the curb. And I don't know if you've ever been with a man, but like Mel always walks on the outside of me. So, yeah, he'll, he'll move me over so that I'm walking on the inside and he's walking closest to the street. No yeah. matter if it's my right or my left, if whatever side of the street is. Um, so I guess she was, um, you know, entertaining somebody. And he did that. And it bothered her. She was like, I don't need to be rescued. I'm not weak. I'm not this. Like, she took it completely the wrong way. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm a a very strong willed, independent woman. Make my own money, have my own ideas, have my own opinion. But when I see like I haven't opened my own door in 10 years, because if it's not Mel, it's the boys. If I'm with them, obviously, actually, if I'm by myself, I just wait. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're like "Uh, Siri, open my door. Yeah. But if I'm with Mel or the boys, like they open my car door, they open a door to any establishment that I'm at. If I'm with them in my car, I don't pump my own gas. It's not because I expect them to do that. It's because it's what they do. And I'm not like I love that. Like to me, I see an absolute gentleman when I see that pulling out your chair. You don't see a lot of people do that anymore. And I went so her and I were talking. I was like. Oh my gosh, like, have you tried to explain to her, like, that doesn't make you weak? That doesn't make you needy? That just lets him feel like he's doing something for you. Like, yeah, let him do that. Why are you going to feel needy? Because your ego is telling you that you're not this needy damsel in distress. It doesn't make you a damsel in distress. It just, it's such a beautiful space when you're yeah. in that type of relationship. Um, and, but another thing, when you brought this thing up about men being more active, I know it, this relates more to like the COVID-19 situation. Yeah, but well, right now. I think like overall, though, if you ask, if you compare men today from like years back, men probably are a little bit more, even if not enough, but a little bit more involved and proactive at home because more women work. Yeah. Outside of the home now. There's a lot more career oriented women. Yeah. yeah. I know personally me. I know a lot of women whose husbands do a lot of the heavy lifting at home in regards to cleaning and stuff because their career is very, very demanding, you know, and they help a lot with the kids like super hands on. That, um, that is so attractive and sexy I think so when too. a man is so like, baby, we're partners in this. Like, how can we do this together? You know, I like I don't think that's I- the piece that's missing. People forget that it's a 
partnership. It's a partnership. It shouldn't be lopsided. Oh, my God. And it is lopsided in many, many ways. But and it's like in a partnership, there is that equality between both like your opinion matters, just like my opinion matters. And it doesn't mean that your husband can't be the head of household in the situation. But still, like it's I don't know. I I believe in partnership. I'm going to manifest a partnership. I feel like that's the way it should be. And I also disagree with a woman being overly independent like that could turn your partner off what? like like explain that because overly independent I'm, like I'm you said overly independent no no because you accept help oh yes i do overly you're independent right. to the point where you're just like i got it went to everything can i help oh. you with that i got it i'll take out the trash i'll do like oh no, yeah yeah, yeah. No, like, no, no, listen no. mama tone it down like got have your own back it's a beautiful thing but if your husband wants to help you if your kids want to help you like but i'm talking about in partnership like, yes not you're with your kids i'm talking about in partnership no, but with even your partner, with your kids teach but them I'm, that. but i'm specifically talking about in partnership because you could literally destroy your own relationship because you're so overly independent like i'm pretty independent mm-hmm. i got my back but i'll tell you one thing when a man wants to help me i say yes yeah. i'm not like oh I'm, i i don't even hesitate i'm like yes please mm-hmm. thank you very much you like go right ahead it's like, funny it's i don't ever say no to the extra help because why would i that's like god showing me favor i feel like when a when a man offers to help me accept the help that's like somebody say hey here's 10 bucks you're gonna say yes or no uh, yes, uh, uh, give Thank it to you. me. <laughs> that well, it's the same thing, except it's an action that they're trying to bless you with. So why would you say, or you know, here's an well, extra scoop that's of how ice they cream? Were conditioned to think that they don't need a man, they don't need to be needy. Yeah, that's all true. We don't need a man, but when you have a man and he wants to dote on you and bless you with actions or money, say yes, absolutely, absolutely. say yes. Oh my god, it's funny when Robert was little, so. For a few years, it was just Robert and I, you know, Um, and I was for me, it was important to make him independent because in my head, like my thought process was the more he can do for himself, the less I'll need to do for him so I can do other things. Right. Because I had to take care of the household. So if he can like dress himself, do his own laundry, bathe himself, cook little things for himself. um, He was helping me by helping himself, you know. So and and the way that I would always get him excited, I would always tell him like, buddy, you and me, we're a team. okay? like we're team us. So I'm going to do this while you do that. And so even growing up, he would never. I know you've seen this a million times where women will sit there and cook and flip tortillas and do while her whole family eats. And then she sits down and eats what everybody else has ate in my household. That's never been the case. Even when Robert was super little, he always knew because I taught him like. We eat together, okay, bud? So I'm going to serve us. Like, you come to the table and just wait for me. And as soon as I sit down, we'll say grace and we'll start to eat. And then when I met Mel, I was like, look, this is this is what I'm used to. This is what makes me feel appreciated. So I have no problem cooking. Like, you can help me cook, chop, whatever the case. Um, set the table. Let's eat as a unit. Um, but I want to eat with you guys. Yeah. Like, I'm not your servant. Yeah. I'm not your maid. I want to eat with you guys together. So nobody eats in my house until we're all sitting down together. And I've seen it though so many times where women won't do that because they feel, I don't know, and like then it you makes wonder, them less of a woman if they're not serving and doting and, and just be hand and foot on their people. And then it's like you wonder why they treat you like a servant because you you allow that to happen. And then we get resentful 
But who are we resenting if that's how we trained them to teach us, to treat us? You know yeah. what I mean? And if anything, if anything, I'm going to say to that is like, feel free to reprogram your mind. Absolutely. And unlearn everything that your mom, your grandma, your great grandma passed down because times have changed, dude. And that doesn't work anymore, man. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. And when Ooh. you start building that like resentment and like, man, aquí nadie me ayuda, aquí me tratan como una sirvienta. Well, look, you're allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. So you've trained them to treat you that way, actually. Yeah. So it's like retrain your mind, retrain th the situation and everything will change around you. So mm -hmm. listen, we I, I love this conversation. Let's give more props to the men that are actually kicking in and helping around the house. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, let's honor that, too. I have a friend, she posted on Facebook one day, like, um, if your man cooks and cleans, something like that. Like, she was just praising her husband, you know? And then I commented and I said, yeah, I said, throw in um, doing laundry, for sure, the panties are coming off. And she was like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's so, for, but then again, that's my love language, acts of service. Acts of service. When people do things for me to help load, ease my load, for me, that screams I love in you. Big, bold letters. I love you. I appreciate you. And I value your time. That's my love language, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Acts of service. Woo. That's a beautiful thing. So, if people don't, if you, if that sounds familiar, your love language is probably the same. Yeah. You know, but get to know your love language. I, I think every couple, should whether read that you're book. a straight couple, gay couple, a tri couple, I don't know, everybody should read that book. And, and it also pertains to like, sisters relationships siblings relationships relationships with your mom and dad relationships with your kids like you can sort of figure out what everybody's people's love language and when you start to talk to each other in that love language relationships super duper transform yeah and the book is called the five languages of love you guys by gary chapman if you haven't read it go pick it up download it on audible it'll change your relationship it'll change your life and listen, coming back, we are going to be getting into the email of the week. You're listening to Sister, Sister, the podcast. Oh, my gosh. So today's email of the week is, oh, my God, it, it's this a tough a one. a good one. It's a tough one, Susie. Read it. Okay. I'm still stuck on my answer. Like, what do you are do you ready in this situation? This is a good one. And honestly, she sounds very sincere. And she's a good writer. Okay, okay. Break it down. Break okay. it down. So the topic of this email is girl code. That Ooh. caught my attention immediately. Um, okay, you guys. First of all, before we get started, we get a lot of emails. We do. So your subject line matters. It this does. This one, it was just simple. Girl code. And literally, she kept it to like two paragraphs. If you're sending us a book... We're probably not going to read a it journal. because it's too hard to read online. We get you know a lot I mean? of emails that are like journals and it's just like a turn. Like, it's just too long. It's too long to read. Like, we can't read that to you guys here and then um, answer it. it. It just takes up too much time. So just make sure this is a little tip that your subject line is eye catching and that you keep it to about two paragraphs. Okay. Just get it to the like, give us details, keep it to the point, but give us a little bit of extra details, but don't give us a journal. Okay. That's been the PSA of the week. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Just yes. kidding. TED Talk is fired. Yeah. Okay. So the subject here is girl code. Okay. Hey, Roxy and Susie. I'm 31 years young and I can honestly say that I haven't had a real mentor in life. And you ladies have definitely been that for me. Aww. Okay. Um, it's crazy how I feel connected with you two. The topics you have touched on and your perspectives really have resonated with me. It's like two big sisters are lacing me up with game. 
So woo, thank woo. you. Thank you for creating this podcast. Anywho, I have a male friend who's been who I've been friends with since I was a teenager. Throughout the years, we've kept in touch here and there, never crossed any lines romantically with each other, simply platonic. He has dated one of my childhood friends for six years and they broke up four years ago. She's moved on and has a child with a with her now fiance. Now, the past couple of months, my guy friend and I have been chatting it up and he's made little comments to me about how he's had a crush on me throughout the years and he doesn't want to let an opportunity pass him by if there's even a chance with me. But I laugh off his comments. We have hung out a couple of times. We either go running together or have random lunches. Super casual. I know he's being patient and wanting more, but I'm being very limited with him and won't allow myself to see him any more than a casual than a casual hangout from time to time. Here's my frame of mind. I'm all about girl code. He was in a serious relationship with one of my friends who I haven't talked to in two years. Oh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. I made that up. Who I haven't talked to in years. So she doesn't specify years. how many. Okay, so that sounds like more than two years. Right. And I don't have a current relationship with her. But for some reason, I feel compelled to keep him friend zoned. I've mm. always pride myself on being a woman who lives by that girl code. Never dated my friend's exes or even entertained them in any way. So I guess I'm stuck. Do I give this guy a chance and see where this could go? Or do I just keep him friend zoned? Please help! Exclamation mark. Thank you, ladies, for your time and God bless. Oh, I thought that was gosh. so interesting and so tricky. That's it why is. I flagged it immediately. And I was like, we need to talk about this. Well, well, look, I, I live by the girl code. Yeah, I believe. But, you know, I will say in this email and reading it. And so just like pointing out and highlighting certain things, saying like, I haven't talked to her in years. Mm-hmm. And so is that really your friend still? That's what I'm saying. Like, all right, if you haven't. OK, so when somebody goes out of your life for years, they're really not high priority on the list. I think they they get recategorized. They're not really your friend anymore. They're more of an acquaintance or somebody that you knew. Yeah, and then she also said that the, her friend, her ch- she's a childhood friend, and a lot of times you grow out of your childhood friends, like you grow out of your gym clothes, right? Or or you Ooh, know, say that loud for the people, <laughs> for the people in the back. Like a lot of times you grow out of these friendships. You know, like I don't talk to nobody from high school, or maybe I have a, a few friends from high school, but I, you just grow out of these friendships. I don't have any childhood friends. But I could see how this shit is fucking with her head. Yes. Well, she was she's very well written, like she's very well spoken. So I want I feel like she has like her job or something like is very proper. Um, She wrote very properly. So I feel like she either is like has a higher education or she's just very proper in the way that she lives her life. So she feels conflicted by this. I could see that. So my advice and some of y'all may not like this, but I'm. I'm 100% about keeping it real and true to yourself. Yeah, and Sophie is about girl code, too. And I'm all about girl code. However, if you if you haven't spoken to her in years, I no longer consider that your friend. Yeah, she's not me, your friend. Years sounds like five plus years. Yeah, that's even a long ass time. Even if it's one or two plus years, there's not that friendship is not there anymore. Maybe at some point you guys were really good friends. Um, so the way I would address it is I probably would call who I respect most, which would be like you, my comadres, um, 
and my mom and just let them know the scenario because they know me. They know my heart. They know my intentions. They know how I live my life. Like they know the code that I live by. Yeah. Right? You guys do. So I would say like, listen, this is the thing. Do you remember such and such? Yeah. Okay. Well, at one point she dated this guy and they, they broke up though. She's remarried. She has she a, has a fiance. Um, and all of a sudden, like he's back in my space and this is what I'm feeling. This is what we're talking about. Like, what do you think I should do? I would go to who I trust most because I know that those people are my friends. Yeah. And they are my people and they would guide me. Yeah. You know? And ultimately, I mean, I don't feel like she's breaking any rules or any or really even breaking girl code. To me, girl code is more like your boyfriend, like your ex-boyfriend is hollering at me. A girl code is more like, okay, so I could see how this girl is referring to girl code. But I feel like girl, girl code is more like your friend right now, her ex-boyfriend or like your sister's husband. Like it's it's things that are like now yes. um, of people that you still currently talk to that are active in your life. Yes. So I at one point had a friend who I considered my friend um, come to find out that she was while I was still married to my first husband carrying on with him. I don't know if it ever became like a sexual thing, but I know that she would expect very accept very expensive presents from him mm. right so that's me, breaking that's girl a violation code. of girl code yeah right because you are my friend actively my friend and if and this you know i'm married it's coming right and and if this guy's coming behind me to you to get at you i feel like it's your duty as my girl because you're my friend first to tell me yeah not to carry on with this guy and then let me just find out that to me is violation of girl code you know, or if my sister's boyfriend comes to me while he's still with my sister or even after he broke up with my sister, who is still my sister, will always be my sister. Like, because, no, that's, that's a violation never okay. of girl code. That's you know? never OK. Being with my daughter's husband, that's a violation of girl code. But if it's somebody that I was. If you're my friend in high school and maybe we were friends five years after high school, but I'm 10 years removed from high school and I haven't seen her talk to you then. You're not necessarily my friend, and I don't feel like I'm breaking any girl code. Like, we knew each other, and I feel like this girl, deep down inside, although she's not admitting it on this email because she is more proper. I think she I likes I feel him. like she likes this guy, and this guy, you know, she's forcefully having to put him in a friend zone when if she were to remove the whole girl code thinking process, I think, without her saying it, I think her and this guy are vibing. Yeah. They and go on casual kind of runs. They have great conversation. It sounds like it's actually developing into something, but she's stopping greatness from happening because she's so in her mind about girl code. Mm -hmm. And if this was really your friend, you guys, there would be no lapse in communication. Yeah. You know, like you don't stop talking to people that are really your friends, friends. You know, I have, I have friends that I've had for 20 plus years. I'm 43. So obviously I don't, I don't really have childhood friends. But I have friends that I met very young, like as a young adult, and they're still like some of my best friends to today. And that would be that's a violation of girl code, you know, but anybody before that, if I don't see you or talk to you, if you're my friend, you're going to call and check on me. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get too busy in your life. And yeah, maybe. Four months could go by or what have you. But even that's a long time for real friends. It is. Listen, I'll tell you, if I was in this situation and somebody that I knew in high school or my childhood, if their ex-boyfriend reached out to me and 10 years have gone by and I haven't talked to this person, if that was me, I would date them. 
Yeah. I, I don't I feel would that date there's them. any violation there of girl code whatsoever. Yeah, I, I would. So girl code is when you actively violate girl code with somebody that's still actively in your life. When you do your sister dirty, when you do your prima dirty, when you date, like you said, your daughter's husband or you go yeah. off and have a kid like that and happens. It doesn't Susie. sound like they had any children together like this guy and her friend. No, they, they don't. Didn't, didn't sound like they had any children together. So they're not there's not even any uh, a lingering connection there. They dated once and maybe it was for a long time. Maybe six they dated years, from, she said. from even if they dated from 18 to 24. That was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, or 20 to 26, depending on how old they are now. Who knows? But that was a long time ago. There's nothing that keeps them connected. And there's nothing that keeps you and your friend connected if you haven't talked in years. In years. So yeah. My advice would be talk it out. Listen to Sister Sister the podcast for our opinion. Talk <laughs> it out with the people that you trust the most that know your true, true heart. Because all we know is the information you gave us on the email, you know, yeah. and see what it is that they advise you, but I personally, if you and I were have, if I was that person for you, I would tell you go for it. Don't slip, let like don't sleep on this. What could be a dope, dope relationship just because once upon a time an old friend of yours had a relationship with him and you don't even talk to her no more. Yeah, yeah like I feel like this uh, situation she's in could de- could potentially develop into something great because it's an entanglement. They're ho- they're homies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I wouldn't doubt if the word entanglement gets urban be- dictionary becomes part of the freaking Webster's dictionary, not even the urban dictionary, but the like, I don't know. I just feel like that word is going to be the word of 2020. Yeah. That and hey, call of the virus. 2020 is a cold fucking entanglement. entanglement. Shit. Gosh. Shit. You know, I thank God Kanye West dropped out of the presidential race. Oh that, my that, that's gosh. Some good news to report. <laughs> that was that I could saw Stevie wonder saw that coming. That was just, publicity stunt actually sadly they did say that he was having um bipolar, bipolar episode because he is bipolar yeah so you know he, he doesn't like to take meds prescribed medication so i think we just saw what that looks like for kanye west and no there was there was people getting ready to vote for him and i mean there, i knew i knew people well, ot genesis I just like i think what? it was ot genesis was calling people out like um other celebrities that were speaking against kanye being what was he saying that they're not really black if they're not going to if they're going to vote for the for Joe Biden over Kanye, um, Kanye West, that they're not oh really my black. Gosh. I'm like, don't vote. Vote your conscience. Like, don't don't vote your political party necessarily. If what your political party stands against what you morally believe is right. And don't vote color lines. But the but the bottom line here, the truth is when it comes to voting and studying your candidates and like studying like senators and Congress, like people don't even look into that, Susie. People don't even understand that. Like, like are you kidding me? Congress and Senate are it, like people really do think that Donald Trump is the most powerful person in the world. But there's like this whole Congress Senate. Do you know what that is? Like, I think do, Donald do Trump study your congressman. Do you study your fucking governors of, of like your state? I do. Well, people don't. And then they wonder, people are like, oh, why did gas prices go up? Well, you voted for that last year. Do you know that? Or the, the bag <laughs> the bag tax or the $10 per bag? Yeah, like people don't even realize what they're voting for. That, that, that They don't. Please study before these elections. We sit down. So let me tell you, for, for example, I live in Riverside. So our, our sheriff is um, Chad Bianco. And he's a Republican. What up, Chad? But <laughs> we when we studied our... Um, 
like who who was on the ballot we liked what he stood for you know so that's why i say like don't necessarily vote your political party vote your conscience yes you know what i'm saying so yeah and i'm very happy with the way that he's a really dope sheriff yeah like there there's this new governor that's running for california and i i like the way he i like I his don't. thinking process He's pro-life only I, but but besides that besides that's that, a big deal i know it's a big deal but i like everything else he stands well, for i liked him up until i read that and i was like should we no. invite him to the podcast and and ask him why the fuck he's pro-life i would like to know his thought process on that and and i know a this is a very touchy subject because people there's a lot of people that are pro-life because they feel that as soon as the lady or the egg is inseminated like that becomes a living thing. And I don't know if it is or if it's not right. My point more is like, like, who are you? Talked who about are you? Before. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell a woman what to do with her life. Number one. Number two, we have so many children in the foster system that are already getting bounced around from house to house. And if you really genuinely do not have space in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions to raise a child, what kind of life are you giving this kid anyways? Yeah. So for me, it's it goes more deep than just that. Nope, you should you shouldn't have gotten pregnant. Go ahead and raise that baby now. And then while you turn around and go live your best fucking life like that's so unfair. There's so many layers to that. So I would love to have him here. I would love you to know. know what we might be able to make that happen just to like really get into this, you know, because Newsom, like I'm over him, too. Yeah. Newsom well, is driving anybody, California into bankruptcy and this shit is getting expensive. Newsom and everybody before him drove California into oh bankruptcy. My gosh, we're we're we have such a huge deficit. Pero a la misma vez. I don't give. I don't care who's in office. La gente no entiende. No, and la, and la gente. People don't research. Honestly, no, the people don't even listen because you're you're never gonna please everybody at the same time. No, you're not. But the people don't. We're not very good at following instruction because we always feel that we know better, right? Like you're not gonna tell me what to do with my life. I know what works for my family. Type of mindset. So I don't care who's in office at this point. I feel we're so dug deep into a fucking hole that all these politicians make these amazing promises because in a perfect world that's probably what they would do yeah but how do you but come once in they're in just, office right and and you have all these opposing forces like how do you come in and undo thousands of years of bad management yeah in in four years or whatever however long a governor's term is if i i feel frustrated i can't even imagine what our political leaders feel like because i would be like Okay, seven k. I try to warn you, you know, like go fuck yourself up and don't come and tell me, <laughs> don't come and talk to me when you're crying and when you're hurt. Sort of like when you you're like trying to raise your little kids. Like I told you not to. Touch I told that. you not to do it. And, and you look wanted what to happened. touch it. You gotta chingate. Exactly. Okay, so listen, we want to read. Um, oh yeah, this one message that we got on the DMs of uh, Sister Sister the podcast. By the way, thank you to everybody that's following us on Instagram because we have officially hit over 6,000 followers on Sister Sister the Podcast, and we love that you guys send us DMs through there as well. And we got this really dope uh, DM from some from two sisters, right? Okay, her name is Gabriella. Her Instagram handle is underscore OGs. What up, underscore. girl? Um, and she said, girls, 
six exclamation marks. My sister got me to listen to your podcast and I'm freaking obsessed. It's amazing having two Latina sisters that look at the world just as we do. We see ourselves in you guys. When my sister isn't there to give me advice and lift me up, I'm so glad to have you ladies there to hit me with facts and check myself. (laughs) Uh, Keep up the good work and congrats on season three. My sister and I are here for it. I and she said, we love you. You know what? Uh, we've actually gotten a few emails or messages, DMs, emails of telling us like that we've helped you guys rekindle your relationship with your sister because you guys have like found sister sister the podcast to be that like bonding. Um, like people listen to the podcast and they'll like discuss and debate with their yes. coworkers and with their sisters, and it becomes this like big word of mouth thing. And I'm like, thank you guys so much. And let me tell you, like. I love thought-provoking conversations, and I think that having healthy debates is good. It is. Because if you just take the time to listen to anything somebody else has to say, even if you don't agree, it can give you a different perspective and maybe enlighten you a little bit, you know? Yeah. So recently, you know, with this whole, you know, Mel is a huge um, uh, football fan, right? Yeah. And he's a Redskins fan, Washington Redskins. Which, by the so, way, they're changing the name, yes. right? Or they removed the name no, or that's something? what I want to tell you. So... We went up to Big Bear and we, um, our compadres went with us. So one day, Mel was looking on oh, social media, whatever, and he he brought up to my compadre, Junior, um, the fact that the Washington Redskins were once again considering changing their name. That's been happening for a while, right? Yeah, this has been a debate ongoing. So I said well, to him. Well, that name, Redskins. Yeah, it's and kinda... I said, well, good, man. It's about time. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I like, How I know you gonna what you're going to say gonna that about s- my football team. He's like, I know what you're going to say. He's like, but I said that word redskin is um, it is a derogatory term to Native Americans. Yeah, like, it is. They've vocalized that. I said the same way that the N word is derogatory to your people, like to the black community. And he was like, no, it's different. He said, you would never mm. name you would never name a football team the N word. You know, and I said, well, well, that's how Native Americans, how Native Americans feel. And so we were not arguing, but we were discussing it. Right. We were debating. And I said, look, I said, out of all people, I would expect you to be um, super empathetic to this. I said, because like people are literally myself included out here fighting the good fight for you. Yeah. I said, and for the brown community, too, I said, now it's your turn to stand up for the Native Americans. Yeah. And I said, for the Native Americans to do the right thing. So we just kept on going back and forth. And ultimately, his stance is like, look, I'm all about doing the right thing. So if that's what needs to be done, I'm here for it. You know, like I'm not I would never oppose changing a name that is derogatory or offensive to another group of people. So that's what it came down to. So my compadre. So we had this conversation in front of of my compadres. Right. So my compadre was chiming in, too. But my compadre, he's more quiet. So um, later on the next morning. Um, my mother was like, man, she's like, Junior was like, wow, that conversation was getting heated between uh, Mel and Susie, Susie and Mel. Yeah. And I was like, well, it really wasn't She's like, first of all, I'm loud all the time. Yeah. I just said it really wasn't. I said, I mean, we just have we have a difference in opinion on our on our approach or like our view. But ultimately, the end result is the same. You know, I said, I'm just more impassioned about it, you know, because. To me, it's shitty that any group of people would nickname another group of people um, a name that is demeaning offensive. and offensive, you know? So she was like, yeah, she's like, I told him, like, Susie and Mel, they talk like that all the time. And I'm like, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we respect each other's opinion. Yeah. We give each other the freedom and the license to have a fucking opinion. And if we just really cannot 
agree, then we agree to disagree. Yeah. But our disagreements are never so polar opposite where we don't morally fit in the same box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Anyways, and I wanted to read you this. But for a lot of people, it you know, a lot of people don't know how to debate. They and, get offended. They get offended so fast, especially when you start dropping facts on people. And like that's one thing when I was in community college, I, I used to travel with the speech and debate team. And that's one of the biggest things to help you in a debate is dropping facts. And like if you drop history, if you drop facts, like in 1974, X, Y, and Z happened, and somebody comes to a debate unprepared, you burn them. But you can, and they you get can so also, mad and you're like, hey, it's not my fault. You don't know the facts and the history of what, of what we're talking you about. Can also, you can challenge somebody's facts. I know you can, but not if it's historically documented. I mean, you can challenge that doesn't it. doesn't mean that it's right. I know, but if it's in history. But you're right. But I'm just saying like when but you But that's go, what you have to go off of is it, what's historically documented. When you're right. You, when, you, when you do debates and you're prepared, you could burn somebody. And then that's when people take debates like to the heart because you burn them with information and they're like, well, and you're like, what? What's your rebuttal? Come at me, bro. What, what's your rebuttal? And I wish like, people could see our body movements when we're talking. I all love- they hear is our voice, but we're, our hands are all up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, but I love debates for that reason. But you got to always remember, like, sometimes you have to state, like, okay, this is a debate. Like, it's be not ready personal. for it. You know, because sometimes I've had to do that with people. So I'm like, don't get all heated. Like, don't take it personal because we're debating. Yeah. You know, because people have gotten it personal and don't talk to me for like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, God, you got butt hurt. Yeah, that's so stupid. Okay, so listen, our last episode, we talked about Vanessa Guillen and all that, right? And so I've gotten some feedback um, in how people were like, wow, we could really hear like the mama in you come out, you know? Um, So this girl wrote to us on Sister Sister, the podcast. Um, and she just felt compelled to share her um, experience in the military with us. So, Ooh. and it's opposite of what we talked about. So that's why I felt it was important to share it because um, yeah, we're not just trying to day, highlight negativity, right? And at the end of the day, what I think the message that I at least was trying to convey, I I love and I value our servicemen because it's a heavy job, you know. But I still um, say, uh, I, I still say, but I say, don't encourage your kids to, <laughs> to no. go into the military. And something I has stand to change. by that, right? And I do too. If they're going to be treated like shit, and they're not going to be protected and looked after, because this, this lady is what she an said. Ex- she's an exception to the rule. This, this right. lady, because I think, and it's beautiful that we're going to highlight this. But I feel like, like God bless her and her life and her story and her testimony. But ultimately, a lot of people have much bad experiences in the military. Absolutely, and it's funny because. So when Mel and I were talking about the whole Redskins thing, he said, you know, it's some Native Americans have come on record to say that they're not offended by this thing. And I said, right. I said, and Candace Owen, she also says that the African-American community is uh, full of shit and that they're not oppressed. I said, because that's been her story. That's been her experience. Yeah, that's her experience. I said, that doesn't make it facts for the whole community. And so Candace Owens is also married to a white guy. Right. She she doesn't experience what majority of black people experience that doesn't mean she speaks for the whole so the same thing with this like this girl had a different experience of Vanessa again and I'm glad it worked out for her but that doesn't mean that it's this is everybody's story yeah but it should be yeah it should so it said she says hi ladies I wanted to comment on today's podcast as soon as I read that I was like oops she's gonna be mad because it says I'm an Air Force veteran 
And I was like, oh, she's going to be salty. Let's and and what, that was let's a, see what she has That was like two episodes ago. Yeah. yeah. And she said, um, I served in 2001 to 2007. I had the best experience serving my country. Thank God. I was stationed overseas and traveled the world and worked with great people. It saddens me that not everyone had the same experience as I was so blessed to have. It's a shame that some people, both men and women, have had such a terrible experience. When I speak of my military experience, I am so proud that I was able to serve my country and I was taken care of. I have received so many wonderful benefits. I was able to purchase a home. And when I finished my service, I received my bachelor's and master's degree for free, all because I served my country. It's beyond sad what happened to Vanessa and what her and her family went through. And is left to deal with heartbreaking. And it better know, I love your podcast and never miss a week. I love you, ladies. Aww. So I thought, you know, that's really good. And I hope that women like her or men like her that had a different experience somehow feel compelled enough when they see the Vanessa Gans of the world and everybody else that gets the shit end of the, of the stick to be an advocate for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is true. And I stand by what I said that. Are the homelessness of veterans is out of fucking control, out of control. And if everybody was able to have her experience, we wouldn't have so much homelessness, you know. And I think sometimes that sense of the PTSD that they suffer. But then we need better mental care, you know. So thank you for writing into us in that regard. And I'm glad that your experience was dope. Um, so maybe you can use your platform and your experience to make sure or to help other brothers and sisters in the military to have the same experience because yeah. we need that. We do. We do. Because I, I definitely hear more negative stories Absolutely. about the military than positive. And, um, yeah, it's just, I, I just feel like 2020 is a year where everything, when it comes to everything, when it comes to pop culture, celebrities, politics, military, um, pe- pedophilia like I just feel like we're in a year of filtration where there has to be a great awakening after this like it's either going to get better because of everything that's coming to the surface or it's about to be fucking Armageddon you know and well, it's it, going to be Armageddon yeah and, and if it feels like I want to stay optimistic and say you know please God let you know like you're in charge of this world like please let it get better I have hope and I, you know, but I feel like in a way it kind of feels like Armageddon right now, but I, it's no, like, we're it's, not even close. It's girl. like, it's like, you know, shit is, is revelations really happening mildly, you know, before our eyes, you know, the other day I was reading that the now, and I'm like, does, can they foresee this? Like now there is a greater percentage uh, due to the Ridgecrest earthquake that happened in California, that the San Andreas fall is like 2.5% more active and that we need to brace ourselves because a big one could be coming. And I'm just like, is that a warning? There is like, a big one coming. All we need is... No, all and, you and, and, need. Listen, I'm not even going to verbalize that, but you all know what I'm going Don't I'm even going talk there. about it. I won't because my the words are so... people don't even know your fear, though, of that specific thing listen i'm not even gonna verbalize it because my words are so powerful but but i saw it the other day on the news like they're warning californians that what if the big one's out and i'm just like oh my god but they've been talking about the big one for so long don't catch me naked motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) don't catch me naked if the big one hits hey do the people know what you did the last time we had a huge earthquake when we were kids i don't know were you i don't know but my first instinct whenever there's a big one whenever it shakes is to run outside I don't, you know, I know my dad got so mad at you. You literally ran outside like a crazy kid. Yeah. You were screaming and running. I don't know why. 
I don't know why they talk about duck and cover and like get under because I know like they say when everything falls like you know the, the well because you usually see door frames still standing oh my god when a home falls down so they tell you get under your door frame because more than likely you're gonna survive that I think about it and I think about my dogs and I think about like all my plates breaking like I think about Forget other the plates shit you besides have my life. Of course. Okay, as long as you have homeowners insurance. I think actually, I it's I think actually homeowners insurance doesn't cover. You need like earthquake Extra, insurance. Yes, get it. I'm about to shit. We live in California, so listen. We are California. about to California. Wrap this Woo. up. Um, I want to give a big California, shout out. California, yeah. Thank to, you for coming to my concert. <laughs> <laughs> to Chris Marine. <laughs> 92 who left us a review on Apple Podcast. She says, I absolutely fell in love with your podcast. You ladies are a vibe. Roxy, I'm inspired by your healthy lifestyle. Susie, you make me see life in a classy perspective. I'm natural. I'm naturally salty. Me too. That's why she, that's why. <laughs> I don't understand. This. You're so entertaining. I got my boyfriend to listen to your podcast. It gives us something to talk about and we've learned how to communicate better. Stay Aww. blessed. She said, we're her soul sisters. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot lately. One of my clients last night, she said, um, you know, I she doesn't miss an episode. She's constantly updating me on her where she's at listening. But she said, "So you um, know she ain't lying." She has no, and she has like traumas, or she's had a really bad experience with her dad. So that's you know, um. But she's like, you know, every time after every episode, like I feel more empowered, and I you guys that. are teaching me to like let go what I can't change, like let it go. And every time I hear you guys, like I'm reminded of that more and more. And mind you, she has access to me. Because I know yeah. her through my football program. She could text me whenever she wants because she is a friend and she's also my client. But she and even though she has that much access to me, she still is feeling because obviously she hears us together. Yeah. And she hears us bounce off of each other um, and think different things come up in this podcast in conversation versus maybe a conversation I would have with her. You know, of course, so I thought that was dope. That's dope. And listen, you guys remember my this is my favorite prayer when it comes to letting go of the things you can't control, my favorite prayer is a serenity prayer. And it's really simple. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Say that every day and really marinate on the words of that prayer. It's simple. You could say that over grace. You could say that anytime you feel in a moment of like, oh, because the biggest illusion out there is really thinking we have control of anything but ourselves. Yeah. That's the part that I I have been trying when I talk to people over everything that's going on in 2020 because it does feel like an avalanche that just every month. I shit you not, this morning I read, but I haven't even researched it because I just didn't have the emotional energy to do that this morning, that in Colorado they found squirrels with the bobonic plague. What the fuck is that? What is that? It Listen, sounds we're horrendous. Gonna, we're going to end it right there because what the fuck is the booba? We're no, going to have to Google But that. I want to tell you that. So when I, when people come in Squirrels? and talk and energies are heavy, right? I always tell them like, look, quit trying to figure everything out. Smoke because you can't, right? Like <laughs> there's so much happening and there's so many moving parts from federal government down to city governments, down to the medical industry, like there's just so many moving parts. Quit trying to figure everything out because you're going to give yourself an anxiety attack. Yeah. And just control what you can, which is yourself and your emotions, how you treat people. Like you can make your your little world peaceful. Yeah. Even when everything around you is burning down. And if you just stay there. Right. And not not try to uncover everything or everybody. You can still have a pleasant journey. 
You can. Versus sitting there in the news, in the gossip, in people's lives, trying to fix things and everybody. Like, that's just daunting. Like, it's literally weighs you down and that causes disease. Yeah, it really does, ladies and gentlemen. So listen, uh, let Sister Sister the Podcast be your therapy weekly. Share it with a friend. Uh, binge on us. Go back to episode one if you want. We definitely don't mind. And please don't forget to leave us ratings on Apple Podcasts as that helps our ratings in the podcast world. And there's a ton of them. Go higher and higher. We need to take a poll. What's we our- need to see if it's worth us recording ourselves while we do a podcast. So that way, the same week that it comes out on podcast form, it comes out on video on form. Because I hey. sit in front of a mirror this whole time and I look like a mime when I talk because my hands and my body move so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is this could be entertaining for people to also see us. OK, so should we start recording our podcast on video? Let us know. We're putting up a poll on this week's podcast. Yeah, I don't want to do the extra it. work if it's going to just going to go to vain. But if no. it's worth it. Like if a hundred percent of the people say yes, it might be something we should look well, into. Well, uh, something else to add to the list, honey. All right, y'all. We love you. Thank you for hanging out another week with us. This has been another episode of Sister Sister the Podcast with your girl Roxy and Last Susie. We Bye. are out.